Yo, welcome to The Spark. This is episode 13. We have a guest today, thank goodness. It is, we'll introduce him last because I have a special name for him. Say hello, Tone. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Spark. We um, are doing it a little bit earlier today so we can watch the Steelers. I hope you took them minus six tonight. Um, our guest took the the ops in this. Money line. The, he took the money line. Um <laughs> So we might as well introduce you now. This is this is sweet and sour Chris. I call I call him sweet and sour Chris. I'll tell you why later. But say hello, sweet and sour Chris. What's up, everybody? He uh, introduced me to sweet and sour sauce on one fateful evening at Wendy's. When was that? Probably ninety nine. Oh, back when you used to crush triple cheeseburgers. <laughs> And I hated on sweet and sour, and I was like, "Why am I? I don't want to." Do. He's like, "Dude, trust me, you'll change your entire life." Now, I'm addicted to sweet and sour <laughs> sauce. So this is sweet and sour. We got Jujitsu Jake, sweet sour Chris, Brandy, and Town. So Brandy will be on next week too. I think she said she can. So today, what we want to talk about, we touched on, you know, not letting the new year get you down. Basically, last week and and setting goals, and we touched a lot of things. But today. We want to talk about sweet and sour. Chris has known Tony as long as I have. So, if you remember, you go back to like the beginning episodes when I talked about we all pretty much came from the same environment. We all really didn't know much about mental health. I mean, did you? Did you? No, I mean, we never talked about anything. You know, my dad was a fireman, so I mean, he saw things too, and it was just the norm. I mean, there was. Just, it is what it is. Yeah, you know, I mean, you didn't talk about your feelings. No, and like his dad go to work and see crazy stuff and come home for dinner and move forward. So we kind of never really talked about it. So he was in just as much state of confusion and sh- like shock um, as I was, obviously, when we found out about Tony. And um, he's been here the entire process of going through this. He watched us start the podcast. He's watched Tony start his book. He's read his book, and we're going to uh, talk to him a little bit about how it was to be an outsider. Because on every podcast, we talk about the people that are going through the trauma. But we also think that a very, very important part of it all is the your support and cast, your, your, your family members, your friends. Because they may not even know. Like, I didn't know that Tony was going to tell a little bit about yeah, I mean, how it started for you with him. <clears throat> When I heard what happened, I was just pulling in my driveway. I was out to dinner or something, and I got a call from a friend, and he heard from a city detective that Tony got shot, and he told me that. And I said, oh, okay, and basically got off the phone. (laughs) I didn't really think much of it. I just thought, like, "Ah, Tony will be fine. He's tough. And then once I hung up the phone, I mean, that's when it kind of set in. It was like... Almost like in shock, I guess. And then, yeah. like, then the emotions start coming over. Like, is he going to be okay? Is he all right? Is he able to talk on the phone? All these things. And you start, like, trying to come up with a plan. Like, how am I going to find all this out? So yeah. It was, just, it was a lot to take in. It's surreal. I hate that word, but it's surreal. It's like a surreal. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it feels like it was just yesterday. Honestly. And you're like, like I can remember that feeling. Yeah. Exactly what I was doing. Like, it was just... So then you find out about it, and we obviously know he's in the hospital, and we go through that whole thing. That's episode, what, two we talked about you being in the hospital? Yeah, I think so. Episode three. And, um, you know, he comes home, and we see you 
saw him when he first was home. What describe that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, he looked like a uh, eighty year old man. He was like grayish yellow, like just worn down, beat down. Like it didn't look like the time. No, he had like hollow eyes. eyes. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's a really good point too. Like his eyes, he wasn't there. Like, yeah, you could tell he was not there. And to his point, like he's talked about, and maybe that's part of that. You know, he feels like part of him did die that day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could see that in his eyes. In hindsight. In hindsight, for at sure. At the time, just thought, he's just tired. He's fighting this, trying to come back physically, and you don't really think about all the mental... No, and you go into it like you're visiting uh, your 98-year-old great-grandma mm-hmm. in a home. Like, yeah. It's like real... There's like a, a, a reverent feeling when you come in the room, yeah. and it was it was weird. Yeah, I mean, hospital bed in the middle of the living room, and like, just... Uh, it, yeah. was, it was uh, odd, yeah. to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember if it was the, the first time I came over, but I, I remember you, you took a walk outside, and it's like you went like a half a block, and you were proud of yourself that you could make it that far. Like, it was... It was just... I, yeah, and I, then I remember... It was your first visit. Yeah. yeah I, I remember the walk. And then I remember pretending that that was good. That right, and meanwhile up. you're thinking like... He can't walk with this This isn't good. Oh, yeah, I'm like, like he's dead. I, don't I actually have, yeah. a, yeah. I have a paragraph in one of the journals about that walk. About, yeah. Yep. But I'm like, he's dead. He can't walk a half a block. Yeah, I mean, that's what... You thought it was good that he was home. Yeah. And then you see him and you're like, He's not out of the woods. By no, any means, yeah. Right? And I, I mean, there was still a long process to get through for him. For sure. And then, uh, how did you feel when all? Did you realize, Tony, that you looked in the way you looked? <laughs> no, I remember we That's... talked about a lot of suppressing it and not acknowledging. Were you it aware it? by any of our uh, how we like facial express or anything that you no. weren't? where you were no I don't think even at that point that early on I don't think I was even paying attention to anything it was just constant pain so I don't think I was able to focus on anything and as we talked about those first few months were just focusing on the pain and healing the physical and by then by the time the physical was healed it was just we were blocking everything out at that point so so we didn't give anything away no I mean we talked about a few times remember like I don't know if we talked about it on here, but we'll talk about it a little bit later on. It might answer sweet and sour Chris. Sweet and sour Chris. Question later, so. It's the greatest name you can have, dude. <laughs> but um, so then he's healing, and we, we see him go through that. And then you start to see that he's getting out of the woods a little bit physically. He started going to the gym. He started to be able to complete those walks. He's starting to talk like a meathead again and all that kind of stuff. And, and that does. But then when do you realize that there might be some mental stuff going on with him. I didn't realize it until he texted me, which was February of 2019. So it's at almost like a year and a half after your incident. Yeah, a little more than that even. So I didn't realize it until I I just checked in with him and I just said, hey, haven't talked to you in a while. How you doing? And he came back and said, oh, okay maybe we should get together for a beer soon and he said well you can have a beer I'm not going to have one but I I have some stuff I got to talk to you about I'm just thinking like 
something happened yeah. like, overnight, like last night. Maybe it's something, you know. I, I didn't even think at that moment that maybe it was related to the incident. Though. Yeah. I just thought maybe he had something going so on. So it was so far out of your mind that you didn't even think yeah. that it would even. Yeah, and I mean, like, once. I mean, once he did that, then in hindsight, once again, you start thinking, well, I haven't seen him other than when we went to visit him to make sure he's doing okay. You know, I, I only hear from him when he's, when he's like, drinking, and it's, like, one in the morning, and he's out partying. Partying, listening to 50s <laughs> yeah. music. Yeah, and, like, I, I, had, I just thought, like, oh, good, he's back. Like, he's having a good time. I didn't think anything of it really like that, you didn't that there think was, it was something be, wrong yeah, yeah like you didn't think it was going to be like a mental thing yeah so, so what did he want to talk to you about so then we got together and and it took him i mean he was late showing up so i feel like that's kind of part of it too like he was kind of trying to put it off and maybe i'd go home i didn't though i waited for him and then we got together and talked about it and he told me like that he's been battling some mental issues and and that you know, he's had to fight through a lot of these dark times in his life and that, like, all this was going on. And you you could tell, I mean, you were embarrassed to tell me this stuff still. Were you embarrassed to tell yeah, me? Yeah, that was pretty early on at the very beginning of the, what, the frozen, breaking the ice, so. Well, what made you tell him? Well, that was part of the healing was talking to people that I knew. Remember, I talked about accountability at that point. You heard a lot of people on the way and, like, he was one of the people that I probably blocked out after being friends with him for your whole life. 20 some years plus. So that was probably one of the phases of starting. To was it like what I mean is start talking about it. Was it directed by like did your did your uh, therapist tell you to do this or is this something you did? No, my my therapist I would say you do what's best for you. You don't owe anything to anybody. But for me, a lot of it was accountability like talking about this getting it out in the open so people understand like i didn't mean to ignore you for this long or anything like that plus i thought at the time if i have a couple close friends and they know maybe that will help the healing process because you have a few they always talk about having we talk about all the time having a couple people you don't need 20 people what if you have five good people in your life that will help you heal so i mean like yeah they have done forever so did something like overnight happen though like or anything like yeah, you never really like you like, were just came... telling me about everything in general at that time but like did something happen that sort of made you realize like i have to start telling some of my friends or was it just part of the healing process just part of it i'm going through it because there was an i don't remember why i remember i gave that speech to my whole unit i said and took accountability for affecting everything is this around the same time of, yeah probably it was the first couple months of healing which none of those were easy because you one, you're talking about stuff you don't want to talk about. And two, in your mind at the time, my mind was like, well, I let all these people down, and now it's my job to fix what I can. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, too, because like, I never really felt like you let me down. I just thought, hey, he's going through a lot physically, and this is... I, I just That's thought, exactly how I was. Yeah, like, I just thought, it's just taking him a while. Like, look, he's going to do some shit, don't let him go. Like, yeah. You know well, what I mean? Like, and, like, sure, like, I mean, I'm not that naive that I didn't think there'd be some type of mental part of it, but, I mean... Not like we found out, though. Right, and, yeah. I mean, our group, and going back to the way we've been raised, and, I mean, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, my family always has dealt with 
traumatic episodes through humor, sort of making fun of shit. I think that's yeah. A reason so I mean, too, that's yeah. kind of what we've been doing. So I almost felt remorseful, like bad that like. And that was my next question. I, yeah. That, How did you feel about that once he came to you? Yeah, again? like I I started thinking like, well, I shouldn't have acted that way towards him. Like I shouldn't have made jokes about things and. I, I actually felt bad. I mean, did you ever notice that, though, Tony? Like, whenever we would make jokes, would it would it put you in a, a negative place? Or was it just kind of that you had so much going on that it didn't even register? It's a very good question. No, I think it just never registered the jokes. Because you went to anyone. I mean, there's, like you said, I think it's uh, the area or whatever age group. We just laugh and play things off. I mean, I heard stuff at the hospital the whole, all the time like before I was even out you know two weeks in after this I'm already getting jokes because that's how we we deal with stuff and, and to a sense that's not a bad thing at all in certain circumstances you should try to find some way of doing it but I don't think at the time I ever noticed directly like how that affected me again a lot of this was blocking it out not dealing with it we've talked about it, like I went well over a year without even acknowledging that it even happened. Mm-hmm. And I surely wasn't going to accept, like, I didn't talk about it, I didn't joke about it, I just, it was what it was. You're just like, numb to it. Yeah. Well, that's, but that's why it's good to have Sweet and Sour Chris here is because it affects, <clears throat> trauma doesn't just affect the person that's going through It's what we're finding. Yeah. It affects everybody who's involved with that person. So by you coming to Sweet and Sour Chris and saying, look, over the past however long I've been going through this, I've been fine. The amount of guilt, because I know that I felt guilty a little bit about it. I know I felt like, oh shit, maybe I should have done all that kind of stuff. And then it makes you feel a certain type of way, like maybe you weren't doing enough to help or you weren't as aware or as you should have been. Yeah. So then it puts you in an awkward situation too. Yeah, I mean, it almost, and then like, you know, I told some of my immediate close family, but then I thought, like, should I even be telling them? It's not really my place, but at the same time, exactly. it's like, then you're kind of, like, stuck with, like, I need to talk to somebody about this now. Exactly. And, like, I, that's probably selfish of me, but it was like, like, I didn't know what to do for him. Then. So it's almost like, I'm looking for ways, like, well, how can I help him? And I, like, That's I, literally so, what I yeah. said. That's in, I don't know what episode we're talking about, but what you're saying... Is literally what I said because you're like, what do I do now? Yeah. Like, how do I help? How do I even explain this to? Do I tell my mom who I told and she fucking cries? Yeah, and then she's like, calling me every night to check on Tony, and then uh, it just feels it's like a it's breaking the stigma. That's what we're doing. Yeah, is I think the most important thing we can do. Yeah, I mean, it even like it it, it makes me uncomfortable now even to think Talking about, about it. Yeah. Like yeah, like I mean like. And, oh, I was too. And like, I I like to get this out there. Yeah. Like here, you know, I like listening to the podcast, but like being in here is it's, part of it. It's fucking weird. Yeah, it is. It took me a long, this is week 13. Yeah. That's why I'm all comfortable with right. it. And I answer questions and I'm in like <laughs> in mental health groups and blogs and I'm like checking people shit now. But like, it might have taken three or four for me to even, to lose that feeling. Yeah. Because there's a stigma. And there's a bunch of dudes in here. So then that adds to it. How you feel, bro? Yeah. That's not something you normally. Do you feel do. like you're also like so people that you know in law enforcement or first responders? Now you start thinking of them differently too. Yeah, because all of them. Now, like, so like my neighbors in law enforcement, I start all thinking like, I know things that he's seen. <laughs> yes. Like, how is that affecting him now? All like, of them. Yeah, and I'm not judging him yeah. by any means, but I'm thinking like, 
Maybe he needs yeah. to like come out and talk to someone too. Exactly what the fuck I said. It makes you like yeah. crazy. Then you're walking around thinking everybody has. <laughs> yeah. And then what do I do now? Yeah. Then you like no because you saw behind the curtains and then you're looking for it. You know, is he all right? And then you don't want to be that dude asking because you don't know how he's going to respond. Everybody's different. Tony's different. But like if we had another friend that was in a certain situation, I don't know if they would act and respond the same way. Yeah. But then I guess you just got to be brave and be like, fuck it. Are you all right? Or, you know, at the risk of sounding. And for me, it sounded soft talking like that. Yeah. No, I agree. You know what I mean? And that makes it uncomfortable because you feel soft. Yeah. You feel... Like vulnerable, I guess. Right, like we're not used to opening ourselves. Fuck up like no, that. no. So it's dude. Yeah, no. Yeah, and like I also, I don't want to feel like I'm prying in anyone's lives either. Exactly, because like, you don't want to seem nebby neither. Right. You don't want to be a neb, yeah. neb shit. That's a great Pittsburgh easer. But uh, <laughs> you have to kind of reach out because if you don't, Tony's instance specifically I and I say this all the time this is why I hope that listeners reach out I don't think that most people respond to a traumatic event like he did no especially that quickly right and like he didn't take any medicine he didn't take he like went to therapy for four wasn't like four hour sessions and like three times a week and yeah two three times a week and he's researching yeah, and we had no idea no clue going to therapy no. I mean like and researching and writing stuff down and having a bunch of coping mechanisms and do like he really went balls deep and like in the mental health field yeah. from the door. And I think that because his therapist was that good is why. Because somebody had to talk him in. Do you yeah. think you got oh, <clears throat> give, are you giving the her the credit for oh, that? Yeah, absolutely. She was the best that got me. Like she always said, it's like we talk about trauma. She she just walks with you and one of the biggest things is finding a therapist that's good that understands it and I got lucky I guess because it has to be her like there's that. no way that you just no it was absolutely I always say I, she's a saint like how she stubborn probably saved my life how stubborn were you at first like to opening up to her yeah. oh, I, mean, I know you've talked about this before I mean, yeah, my first conversation like was yeah. I don't believe in PTSD and I don't think we need to talk about our emotions. We just yell at them and move on. So what do you do? Just sit there and stare in silence? Like Yeah, like, I mean, the first couple visits were just like, oh, okay, not even talking about this. Which I do think was good. She didn't force anything on me. We went in that first few incidents weren't even about that. Just, who are you? What do you do? How'd you grow up? How'd you do this? And, like, I guess in a way, she's doing that to make you feel more comfortable and doesn't realize... You're talking and opening up, but you're not talking about the incident. Yeah, so. she's baiting. She's baiting you. <laughs> yep, and then well, it's only one day. It's you know, a couple day, a couple sessions in. You're like, oh, she's you know, she's pretty cool. She's nice. She's good to talk to. And then all of a sudden, bam! Like, hey, I'm gonna talk about your incident today. Tell me about it. But didn't dig, didn't pry, didn't force anything. That just tell me what happened. And she already knew what happened because of everything that was surrounding it. But yeah. And then next thing you know, I'm telling about the incident and she's picking stuff out as I'm just telling about it. And then it was just like, the next session was just like... Tell, did like, you ever tell uh, Sweet and Sour Chris about the session where you broke in it? Oh, that was... Well, we talked about that. It was New Year's Eve and I sat there and waited. Well, no, the session. Like the session that really... It was the really, one. Well, it was that one really right before... Enough. It was the one right before... Um, it was Eve. Yeah, he had a session where... When she explained it, she was like, look, <clears throat> afterwards, she was like, 
when he pointed that gun at you and you had no rounds left, the comment you made was, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. And she said, like, that was the issue. She's like, in your mind, you were dead. There was no surviving that day. There was no getting through that. And she talked about how that, that could you imagine, like, it's not, some people say I almost died or something like that. She's like, your statement is you're dead. Like, I was dead and I saw myself dead. I mean, my two kids and my lady friend at the time were looking at me in a casket. Obviously, it goes like that. But, and then after that, it was like, it just broke. Everything came out because she just made sense of it. And I was like, and I started understanding it some, but it was still hesitant. I mean, we went months. No, I don't think I have PTSD. But that was the pit tipping point where you're like, there's something fucking wrong. And then New Year's Eve happened. Are you aware of New Year's Eve? Uh, I just know that you reached a dark moment, but I don't know what, like, what led up to that, and, like... Describe the dark, yeah. Like, rehash, like, not your whole day, but, like, everything that led up to that. Like, what... Because that's where, like, I've heard you talk about general, like, you had a dark moment on New Year's Day, and that's sort of like when you... I think, is that what you call, like, the dark hole? And you broke through the ice. But, like, what what specifically, like... Dark hole would have been came after and then breaking the ice before it was like he was just in a stalemate for all that time before there was no moving forward there was nothing yeah then i broke the ice new year's and that was just from hearing and having a conversation and hearing everything that went on for the last year and a half of not leaving your house not doing anything blocking people out ignoring people and it just kind of like broke mixed with that session because i actually talked at that session that was the first time i talked about it so at that point you're starting, like, like I've talked about, you're like a pitcher of water. You can pour cups of water, and each cup of water is a traumatic experience. Well, eventually, it's going to overflow, and that's what happened. Like, everything just started overflowing because you, where am I going to put it? Eventually, your brain gets too full. You, you can't keep pushing everything away, and that's just happened to be the timing of that session, hearing some other conversations and hearing, like, everything that was going on for the last year and a half. It just all oh, just exploded, like a pitcher of water just there was nowhere else to put it, so it's all going to come back out because you're suppressing emotions, you're suppressing memories, and everything's getting suppressed. So, like, basically, when you should have probably been crying at the hospital or whatever, you suppress it. When you should have been mad about something along the way, you suppress it, you just don't get mad. So you just shut your emotions off, and that's that's where I talk about that breaking the ice before that was just emotionless like yeah you laugh but you're not truly laughing you're laughing there's no emotions behind the laugh or laughter or if you feel like you should be sad you just don't you just aren't do you think part of that too is because your <clears throat> brain is worrying about your body physically healing so it doesn't let you worry about that part yeah it's a good question we uh, talked about that too deb did say that she said how, <clears throat> how's your body gonna heal physically if it's trying to do both like you can't do both at once so in a way your brain's trying to protect you the problem in that is that after so many months your brain just gets used to suppressing everything so i mean knowing what we know now like if this would ever happen again like yeah i would get through a physical part the brain would probably block out the mental but i would know now like once i'm physically healed okay now i'm gonna get to counseling was it back then Counseling didn't exist to me. I don't. I didn't think people. I don't think you go to counseling back then. That's yeah. not what you do. 
So your brain protects you, lets you physically heal, but then if you don't know about it, and that's the point of all this, is to educate so people do know, like, this is going to happen. And then your brain's just used to blocking everything out, and then it continues, and the more you block out, the more of that dark hole you enter, and the more you start pushing people away, because you're just not filling anything. You're blocking it all out. Going to work, okay, well, that's where the incident happened. That's going to suck, going there, um, hanging out with your... In my case, who my lady for the time was in the same area, didn't go there because you don't want to go there. That's just you're, you're blocking out any memory or anything that can make you think of that incident. Well, I think that that is, <clears throat> I'm I'm sure there's something chemically going on in your brain to make you do that. But I also think that the environmental and cultural upbringing that you had and we had definitely adds to that. Yeah. And I think that our kids are going to be way more... Healthy in general. Mentally healthy than we are because they teach you. You didn't even talk about it in school. We were never taught this in school. No. College. No. I mean, I was a... Well, just in general. Psychology class. Did you they talk? don't talk about no. this. But I just think that, like, you know, when we were young boys, there were certain expectations that we don't have on our kids. Yeah. Like, to be fucking a maniac, to be tough, to be, uh, to not cry, to, oh, that didn't hurt, or, you know, you'll be all right, that kind of shit. I, I don't, we don't do that with our kids, so I think that... Again, when is your dad ever can you? like, hey, let's just talk. Let's sit down and just My talk dad was talk. different because he was a chatty Kathy, but he still, oh, you'll be all right, though, was said. Yeah. And, you know, you weren't really allowed. They didn't tell you you're not allowed to f- be emotional or something. But, like, the way that they dismissed it even. Moms even did the oh, shit. The way they presented I mean, themselves and through their actions, you could see, like, this is what we do. We don't talk about it. I mean, physical or mental problems, it didn't matter. I broke my arm in a football game yeah. in middle school. It's hanging yeah. for a week before my parents would believe that I needed to get to the hospital. <laughs> Like, I mean, like... You're yeah, all right. Like, yeah. they fucking toughen up. Like, yeah, my kids there now, like, I mean, even just from listening to this podcast mm-hmm. and listening to what Tony has to say, like, I think it was the last episode, you mentioned how you will ask your kids if they're crying, what's wrong, with the difference being you're just crying to cry or there's a problem. Yeah, there's an actual I issue. think about that now. Me like, too, yeah. Like, just because you said that last week, this week my daughter was crying and I just got down on my knee and I said, what's wrong? Is mm-hmm. something bothering you? And it turned out there was a stink bug. <laughs> so it's like, well, yeah, I'm sure yeah. as she gets older, those your, conversations like, will be. As you're as growing up, do you think, what did your parents say? You don't stop crying. I'm going to give you something to cry yeah. about. Like that's the most famous one. Cause I heard it all the time. Yeah. Or like, just different things like when kids are saying like I saw something the other day that I thought was fascinating like, that a kid doesn't come to you and say I had a bad day they come to you and say let's play can you play with me yeah like, that's their outlet of yeah sense, they don't know like yeah yeah so like and that's why we kids you know. say hey, I'm bored we'll go run a go run a <laughs> traffic <laughs> the, yeah you're bored you know or go bang your head off the wall that'll take away the board like you're you just bored. heard things like people didn't Parents didn't accept it. Well, in the early 90s, also, they opened the fucking door at 7.30 in the morning, and you left, and you didn't come back until it was time to eat, and then you left again until it was time to eat again, so there wasn't a lot of... There were no cell phones. No, there wasn't. You were just out for a while. They just hoped that the oldest one brought you back, or... You know, but they, I, I think by having these conversations, by breaking the stigma of all that, Mm -hmm. it definitely makes... Your, your, our kids, and hopefully 
society, kids will be more firstly empathetic. Because being empathetic isn't something that was... Are you kidding me right now, the cat? Um, and there's a fine line, and I hope that we can... Well, yeah, you don't want them to be... Line. You don't yeah. want the super sensitive... Well, they have to be functional. They can't be... It has to be realistic. Yeah, yeah, the world... You can't nerf everything. Right, there's something to be said yeah. about having some mental toughness. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not that you can't go and talk about something. What I'm saying is, if, if you, like, don't like yourself for some reason, instead of cutting or, or self-harming or something like that, I'd rather have this conversation. Yes. Because people do do that. Yeah. And, you know, I'd rather you talk about being stressed than internalize it and then ending up in some in a fucking meth trailer somewhere. And that honestly is the biggest thing, like just communication. I mean, just talking about it, getting it out. But it takes people that normally wouldn't talk about it, like the three of us sitting here and Jiu-Jitsu Jake and anybody else. It takes them to have these kind of conversations to make that even... A thing because you we understand wouldn't have. you can. I mean, yeah. we have three just today alone three ex jocks, gym guys sitting around talking about this. That's not on a Sunday, that's probably yeah. not the norm, but no, it but should it should be. be, yeah, because you never know, like, like we said, and then you get second hand, you get guilty because if something does happen to somebody in your group and then you don't do it and you wish you would. I saw something you posted, I'd rather talk to you than come to your funeral or something, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it literally, I'd rather you call me at 2 o'clock in the morning and talk about whatever than go to your funeral. I mean, I went back, like, just prior to this, just to kind of remind myself of some of the text messages going back on with him. And that was even, like, along those lines, I told him, like, hey, you can call me anytime. Like, if I'm able to answer my phone at that moment, I will answer my phone knowing this now is going on. Yeah, now that you know, for sure. Yeah. He also, I will say, has identified you early as somebody that he could talk to, so you didn't do a terrible job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because he always says, like, when he was telling me stuff, he'll be like, you know, uh, sweet and sour, Chris already knows about this, or I talked, he tells me about conversations he had with you and things like that. So he did come to you specifically as a person that he could yeah. talk to about this. I mean, that's kind of the funny thing about you and me, though, is that, like, I might have used it as an excuse to get together for a beer. Like, if you need to, like, yeah. if something's going on, let's go have a beer and bullshit about it. Mm-hmm. But, like, the, even before your incident, I mean, that was kind of the case. But it was never anything this heavy. No. Or, like, no. Or like your your emotional problems or anything like that. It was just... Whatever. And, and another yeah. thing, we're yeah. not yeah. heavy people. We're not heavy people. Especially, and I talk about us, but, like, culturally in Western fucking PA where we're from, there's not a lot of heavy... No. conversations going on uh, like it, it, especially amongst men I mean if you need some help doing something you call your buddy because you need something moved or you need right. you're, you're changing your brakes or you need shoveled out of your fucking house when there's 10 feet of snow or something like that you you check on people's kids and they're you know you hope their marriages are going right and stuff like that but that's where it ends. Right, yeah. You don't dig and there, you're start no fucking, yeah. Yeah, start then you're working never, up yeah. problems and being a support system. That no, never happens. That never yeah. happens. The support system isn't even a fucking thing. No. Like, I, I call 100 people right now that could help me come and fix my fucking trail cams I got out there. Yeah. But, you know, are those people going to, if I'm having a bad day, if I'm having like a, you know, like a emotional day, which I don't necessarily have, but like, let's say that I was... There's not... I couldn't call a hundred yeah. of them. I mean, like, 
even to think of you having an emotional day like even yeah. right now like it's, it's fucking weird yeah it's weird yeah. to me but like honestly knowing what i know now if you called me and you said something like I, I would talk to you about it. Well, I, mean, I, I appreciate it. But, yeah. And then, like, here's the other thing. So, like, I don't have emotional days. And now, after going through all this, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me that I'm not having emotional <laughs> well, yeah, days? Yeah, you start questioning Am I that. a sociopath? Yeah. Why the fuck am I not having... Then I feel like I'm not feeling enough. Yeah. Which is like, what the hell is that? Well, and, I mean, you know, we said about using humor as, like, an yeah. outlet to deal with, like, emotions, basically. Like... I start, I think all the time, what's wrong with me? Yeah. I like laugh about stuff, but it's not like I actually think it's funny. It's almost like a nervous laugh. Yeah. It's and like, like, that's yeah, the only yeah, thing yeah. I know what to do. I don't know. But I, in I, a yeah. way you're still like, from a perspective I'm looking at it is that when you do that, you, you're around like family doing it. So you're still conversing and talking about it. It's just talking about it in your own way. Yeah. Yeah, but it's There's not a coincidence that all of our families handle the shit the same way. No, you, no, you no I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that's still better than not even acknowledging it and just, yeah, oh, yeah. in a sense. So it doesn't have to be but the I mean, typical way of sitting here like this. It could be sitting around with five people from your family laughing and joking, and that's a way you're still talking about the trauma, you're still talking about the incident. It's just your way of talking about it. Dude, I remember being at our friend's funeral who died very young. And uh, we're all there in line, remember? And we're going into the thing, and I'm coming around the corner, and it's super sad. And you, he, he must have been 20 when that happened, or 21. Yeah. No, I think he was 20. And, like, about to turn 21. Mm-hmm. And we're all fucking... It was a crazy time, especially, like, how it happened. And there was... You know, and we see his parents standing next to the casket, which is something that's even crazier and they're they see you and then they start crying harder because we were his friends since the time he was a child and even though you're 20 a child like we were friends since kindergarten first grade you know so and you're going through and i'm i'm like i can't even do this right now because it's that it was that sad of a time and I'm coming around the corner, and I go to give uh, another one of our friends a hug who's standing there, and he fucking ball taps me. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, that's just, there's something, someone always around here, especially, and it could be where all of you are from, but, like, somebody always got to do something to, like, kind of lighten the shit yeah. up. I mean, I feel like every funeral I've been to, like, Somebody does something. Yeah, and I, I, I always think it's just because it's me, and everyone just thinks I joke, yeah. so, like, they got to make a joke <laughs> with me or something, but, like... No, you're right. I mean, that's it, it always is. And it's like, I think it is just to lighten the mood a little bit because yeah. it's so heavy and we're not used to dealing with things. And regionally, <laughs> and I always, because we can only talk about what we know. And I don't know if this is the deal everywhere, but for sure around here, you're not, we're not doing it. And that's why we have to have these yeah. conversations. But I think the next time we have Jiu-Jitsu Jake on, that brings up a good point. And we'll go back even a couple years before that with an experience we had, but we'll save that for... When he comes yeah. on too. Oh, what did he do? That one of our friends when we, we lost him. in high school. Yeah. And how I look back now, never even thought about this story you brought up, how I reacted to that and how my drinking increased and yeah. skipping I, school and doing things that right after that. And I know Jiu-Jitsu Jake yeah, he went through also it went through a lot after that too. So, I mean... Yeah, his mom just messaged me on Facebook, by the way, and it was, like, fucking terrible all over again. Yeah, I... I That's a good No, concept. I mean, I constantly think about this stuff now, like, <clears throat> knowing, like, yeah. when you say trauma's trauma, like, we've had a lot of trauma. You just don't lives. count it, that's what I mean. Right, and, like, you roll on and then something else happened. I mean, you figure we had two friends 
in high school pass away, right? Yep. And then college, my roommate died in a car accident yeah. in college. Like, all this stuff. And I had to... I, I shared a bedroom with this guy. And then I had to go back and live in that bedroom and for the next... Yeah. And like, like, yeah. But, like, I, I, I might have suppressed it. I don't know. And nobody right. said shit to you about yeah. it. They're all good. <laughs> yeah. I bet you. Nobody's like, you all right about Everyone's this? Everyone's like, oh, he's got his own bedroom now. What a lucky asshole. Like, yeah. That's what I'm you saying. Look back, I'm sure your drinking went up some. Oh, I guarantee um, it. Well, if you look at it, but that's what I mean. Nobody it, has these kind of fucking conversations. Like, now I'd be like, are you good with this, bro? <laughs> I mean, when you think back, though, yeah, my drinking probably did increase, but I was also in college and high school. And so, like, but it's I, was, I just thought in my mind I was partying. Like, yeah, you know, and that's, that's another thing. Party, yeah. so much. I mean, I justify it. We've talked about it, how many times I justify. If you look back at your text message, how many times did I say to you, oh, hey, like, wait, like, three hours to respond. But, hey, what are you doing? Because I knew you wouldn't be out anymore. Yeah. You wouldn't be out getting dinner because you'd be fine. Every time you go home. Right. So, in your mind, you're like, oh, wow, I'm just tired today. I'm going to hang out at the house. you tired from, like, why are you hanging out alone? Like, hanging out alone, like, just not... It's not healthy so sometimes. You're, but you're saying you would purposely text me knowing that I was home because I then you back. know that there would be no pressure on you to go and leave your house. I look I'd back never even later. Yeah, how would you know? That's what I mean. I right. look back, obviously, after the fact, I always was there. And we talked about it in a few episodes. Like, I was always able to go, well, you know, I just want to hang out tonight. Well, yeah, that's fine to do sometimes. But when you start doing it every single day and you're not doing anything but hanging out alone... And then you're starting to, what are you doing? You're, you're locking yourself away and you, you're not having any social contact or any friends. So what are you doing? You're sitting there with your thoughts and you're trying to suppress those thoughts. So you start drinking some whiskey or beer or whatever you're drinking to help push those thoughts away. And that's what was happening. I do remember you always talking about that drinking whiskey like by yourself. Yeah, you'd be sending me Snapchats. Yeah, hey, I, I have a few beers at my home, by, at my house by myself. Yeah. Too. I mean, like, my my wife and kids go to bed. So I just, like, that's what I thought. Like, that's I didn't realize thing. it was like, <clears throat> he was like putting on a fifth of whiskey by himself till he passed yeah. out. Like, that's I, what I mean. Just... You don't, you don't, and, and even if he did, <clears throat> if we did know that he drank a fifth of whiskey, we'd be like, oh, he's. Getting ripped. Yeah. In this area, you definitely do see drinking is definitely more socially acceptable. It doesn't matter what you're doing Mm -hmm. or if you're there. In this area, I remember being in college, like some people were like, oh my gosh, you go home and you still drink like you do at college? I'm like, yeah, don't you? And they would be like, no. I've been drinking like this for six years. Yeah. Like, I mean, like this area is a huge, it's a cultural thing. Like everything we do is involves drinking, right? Yeah. Well, it's starting to change because I remember going to Three River Stadium, and you couldn't find a sober eye in the fucking mm-hmm. for for miles. And now it's a little bit different. Well, we, when when we were allowed to be in there, we it wasn't Three Rivers; it was Hans Field. But we took a keg down, and we were going to carry it to the parking spot. Mm-hmm. And a cop and a motorbike pulled up. We're like, "Oh shit, he's going to take it." He's like, "Put it in the sidecar. I'll carry. <laughs> I'll take it over for you." That's yeah. yeah, like I mean, it's just more, yeah, it, it really incredible. is. And and drinking is something that, I mean, if you look at it at, at a at a base level, I mean that doesn't help. No depression. Horrible. That doesn't. If you are depressed and you're drinking I mean, and you're around, that messes with your chemical imbalances. And if you are in a depressed place, I mean, let's say what it is. A lot of time, any a lot of the incidents I know of anybody taking their life, it's usually after they drank a lot because they yeah it's not helpful it's never helpful and everybody's down drinking and Brandy was talking about that too and her she was like there's always somebody that's down to fucking drink yeah yep here and now let me say this now if you would have found out I was sitting at home 
doing cocaine or it's different. Heroin, we would have done. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's different. But the concept on the when you look at it, it's the same thing. You're yeah. using that to support. No, it's stuff. the same exact thing, but, but it's just cocaine sets off a different kind of alarm in your brain yeah. than you drinking a twelve pack. But yeah, exactly. But it's the same it's the thing. same thing. You're doing the emotions and you're pushing them away, or you're, you're trying to get away from those emotions. Yeah. Drinking when you hear it, everybody goes, "Oh, yeah, so well, let's go have a beer then." Yeah. Beer. Hey, like I said, every time that I would talk to you, you want to go have a beer. Yeah. I mean, that's like it's like a that's social. our way of saying like, "Hey, you need hey. to talk about yeah. something." <laughs> like, <laughs> and I would drink iced tea. Yeah. But that's what I mean. And if we don't have these, it, it, no. if we don't have these kind of conversations, the shit never gets out. And then it's a bunch of people just awkwardly trying to make it through whatever situation they're in. What about uh, so since we're you, we kind of skipped over this. Like you came to the hospital at one point too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that experience? Like, yeah, from I mean, your point of view. Yeah, I mean, like when I went down, it was a terrible feeling that I had to drive to a hospital to go see you but like mm-hmm. I was thankful I was able to see you and at least get comfort like seeing you for it with my own eyes and that almost helps you to acknowledge that something did happen to you too yeah. and then like you know you were asleep when I got there so then like it, I mean it was bad like and your mom was there and you know there were other other law, law enforcement, enforcement officers yeah. there too and so like you you tried not to get emotional because of that, but it was it was yeah, it was fucking crazy. That's it what was I said, fucking dude. Crazy, you know? It was and the it was craziest just, shit. All I, I wanted to sure. do was get out of there. Then, yeah, to be honest, like dude, they took, <laughs> did they take you up in the in the secret elevator? <laughs> yeah, that's well, we had to wait around. That's I forgot all about that yeah. part too. Like with all the security around you had there, you go too, in the then, fucking like, yeah. And, like, you're just thinking, like, what is this? Like This is insane. Yeah. I, it looked like law and order in there. Yeah. And you got to walk down the hallway. They were, when we got there, me and the fucking pig went, you get on there, on both sides, it was the whole hallway was lined full of police. Yeah. In different, there were state police, there was local police, there was county police, there were sheriffs, there was fucking ambulance people, there was firemen, all first responders. The entire, and they're thanking me and this fucking pig. For our, for our <laughs> sacrifice. <laughs> right. And I'm like, what? Like, it was the weirdest. Dude. Yeah, that's... And I, then, I mean, I would assume, like, I look different. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it... You literally looked like the life was sucked out of you. I mean, like, it... Yeah. You were not you at all. No. And, like, I, I just wanted you to, like, throw in a chew and, like, just be yourself. But, like, it wasn't that. You were... And you were... On so many meds, too, so you were so out of it. Uh, yeah. Like, were. I don't even think you knew it was me. I think you thought I was actually my brother. I, I remember, like, you were confused. It, it was just, like I said, as soon as I walked in there, I wanted to be out of there. That's like, how it immediately. Was. That's like, exactly I don't like hospitals to begin no. with. No. But, like, that was just such... They had a hundred machines hooked up to them. Yeah. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to bump into something. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't know if he's going to, like, have an incident while he's there that they need to rush in there. I don't want to be there when that happens. No. I mean, just... And I want to say he was the only person on the entire floor. Yeah, like, yeah, right. It was like your own yeah. private wing. I, I mean, and it was like... Are you kidding me? Like, at this point, yeah, I was still in my own private thing. It was super, super, super yeah. odd. It felt <clears throat> surreal. And I keep using that word, but it's like it was in slow motion. Yeah, it really was. And, and you're like, like, what the fuck? It was like, I've had it, I've been here an hour and it's been like five minutes. And you're like, oh. This is Tony, yeah, too. Like, and you know you got to stay there because you're supporting, mm-hmm. like, you know, his family. 
and him. Can't even look at his mom in the eyes. No, and, and like, what do you say? Nothing. What right, can you like, say? You don't think he's going to be okay, so you don't say, like, ah, he'll be all right. Instead, you're focused on, like, do you need anything? Can yeah, I do anything yeah. for you? Because you think, like, he's going to die. I, I mean, like, honestly, that's pretty much what I thought. There's, and that, I, and I really didn't think you were going to come out of that not hospital after, se- not after, after seeing I you. saw you. Yeah, not after like I said, from, from the time I got the call to that time, things changed drastically in my mm-hmm. mind because now I knew what was going on. And then that night, he had to go back in for some sort of... You were bleeding internally or something. Yeah. And the only reason I knew is because the lady friend was doing a good job of keeping us updated. Yeah. Yep. And like they took him in and out. My cat is freaking out right now. Back up, Captain Carm. Um, yeah, he had to get rushed into surgery again. They keep opening up that giant skull he has, and it's just, it was it was right. Like every time you think, like you start to get ahead, and then you just start to like, you don't want to, you don't want to get optimistic about it mm-hmm. because then as soon as you do, something else happens. Like that. and then I think then that's our suppressing. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like when you say that to your point, like, okay. He's recovering, and then he has mm-hmm. internal bleeding, and then, you know, I think something else happened in there too. I don't remember everything. But, Me neither. But it was. But and then like and, and then you go home and like oh we're good he's good he's home and then you go see him you're like he is not good he's like not should he good. even be home yeah like, should he be home that's right? the first thing I thought yeah like I, I don't know it's just crazy yeah. and then like didn't you get an infection at some point too and like and that wound yeah, was, that wound, wound vac wound thing back. wasn't working yeah. yeah oh that's right yeah because I had to go back to the hospital yeah the right so, and then you were so mean to that nurse and she was trying to take get you to. <laughs> take uh oxycontin or something you were like no i'm not taking it it was real aggressive and i was like it was awkward yeah to say the least yeah it was unsettling very and And uh had to drive home because not just you visited if i recall you and yeah some other yep me and another friend yeah what was that like did you even talk about it we had to go well back to getting a beer Mm -hmm. we went to a local bar near that hospital and we went with another trooper too, actually, and we went and had, we had beers. They couldn't. Yeah, they're still working, yeah. but they had something to eat. <laughs> yeah, call them, and that's another thing we use: food and drinking. Yeah. First thing you do around here, something bad oh, happens. Right. What the fuck do they do? They bring you something to eat. You yeah. get hungry. You yeah. could literally come back from Vietnam. Your mother will say, "Hey, you hungry? Yeah, you, food and drink. You want some fucking halushki? Yeah. Sit, have a seat. You know, or, or we do. We have all these like." things to help suppress it I think yeah I and then like after that like I don't even think we talked about what we just saw and mm-hmm. what just happened yeah it, well, I didn't it, I mean there was nothing that could be said that was gonna no. make anyone feel any better so no. it was just it was almost just silence with music like that's what we did playing. me and Ian went to Long John Silver's and went to the bar after yeah cause there's, no, there's nothing you could do at that point. No. He looked terrible. Yeah. It, we, we, we're saying that now, but I didn't say that at the time. Neither did he. No. We weren't like, he looks... I remember going in with Jiu-Jitsu Jake, like, the first time... We went to see him the day he came home. But then we went, like, a week later. And he looked worse... Yeah. ...than the day he came home. And I'm like... Yeah. What? And I remember Jake looking at me like this, like, with big eyes. And right. I'm like, I don't know, bro. I don't know what to I do. I mean, at the very least, okay, like... He survives. He's never going to be himself mm-hmm. again is what you were thinking. Like, dude, what were, I was thinking. That's I what I was thinking. That, you were the same <laughs> yeah. shit. I'm like, he, there's, there's, <laughs> dude, they were cutting up little baby I, pieces of hot dog for him that were like, 
as big as the end of an eraser on a pencil. Right. Meanwhile, you've seen him crush out like I've seen him go to Super Panda. Dogs like you can't get enough food for him normally. Yeah, we have cook out. We've gone to <laughs> Chinese true. buffets and literally gone hard. Yeah. <laughs> Like a glutton. I don't do buffets. I don't do buffets anymore. I don't need. I got food poisoned at a gun bash three, four years ago. I'll never eat mass produced foods. Again. <laughs> I was laying on the bathroom floor like, just take me. <laughs> I I couldn't even fight anymore. It was that bad. I'll handle it for you. Yeah, so you can maybe it depends. But anyway, the point of what I think we're all getting at here is if you don't communicate, if you don't talk about, it, what's the point of having a friend if you're not gonna check on them? The whole way. Yeah. No. If that exactly. makes sense. No. Like, yeah, you know, you're a good friend if you're, you know, will help with the things I talk about. You'll help drag a deer out of the woods. You'll help, you know, you come over for the Steeler game. You, uh, this and that. Th- those are your friends, but they, you need to be able to check on them emotionally. And, like, when people get fired, we don't say shit to them. Right. Other than... Uh, you know, or you're you fine. Laid off. Oh, that's say, what I mean. Hey, we could drink off something. Yeah, right. And you were there. Yeah, that that's happened. Before. You know, or a buddy gets summer now. Yeah. Or a buddy gets divorced. You obviously don't want to be divorced. You say, oh, whatever. You know, you, you try to work it out, but you don't say how you how you feeling about that divorce. You don't. Yeah. And for some people, divorce is the best thing that's ever happened to them. But I'm sure there's a lot of people that. No, you're right. It I mean, fucking devastates them. It becomes more of just a venting session and just a, hey, let's get your mind off it yeah, session. Yeah, and that's and what we do. Let's put your mind on it and actually talk about it and, and, and get uncomfortable. Now that weird. you're saying it, that's exactly what we do. <laughs> yeah. We divert your attention. Yeah. And he's right. He said, like, these conversations, like, are going to be uncomfortable at points. Yeah. Like, they are going to be fucking awkward. Weird. But that's all right. Like, you're going to do the conversation hey. and then you're going to feel better about it or... At least you know what's going on and you're talking about it. Oh, we're on the same page basically now. So now if I see, you know, eight sky pictures in a, in a, in a day, yeah, I we, know that that fucking means... You brought that up before and that's yeah. what, you know, like I was telling you. Well, that's how I found out he was having yeah, mental stuff. Him and I were sending sky pictures like we were yeah. like lovers or something. Yeah. Like, it was like, like daily sunrises I was and sunsets. Go- I was going through my Instagram, checking out my favorite Instagram people. And uh, every time I, I, I scroll down, it's another fucking Tony Sky picture. <laughs> I'm like, this dude put seven Sky pictures in one day. This guy, I'm looking at the same fucking Sky. It isn't even that good. And finally, I texted him. I was like, hey, man, uh, that's one too many Sky pictures. And then from my experience where I work, if people start to do that, they look to the Sky. And, and that's not textbook for everybody. But a lot of people are thinking about harming themselves. Yeah. So then I asked him, and to his credit... Instead of him giving me a smart ass answer or, or like a little cute answer, he honestly said, "How'd you know?" Yeah, he and then up he there. started fucking talking about. It. Fortunately, he already had this conversation with you, which then probably made the conversation easier with me. Is that right? Yeah, that's you, when it all started. Do you with think? You at least, do you think if if he didn't reach out to you or like I, I mean I think I even reached out to you just to you know like I said I didn't know what was going. Do you think you would have opened up to us still? At the... What point? At the point where you were in your darkest time. Yeah, this was like... I think what... Your New Year's darkness was that like 2018? Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah this was February 19 when you reached yeah. out to me. At that point, I would have because you actually reached out to me, I believe. But that's said, what I'm saying. If I didn't reach out to you, I don't. You think, I think eventually I would have because I was I was going at that point. I was going. Through just the part of your process. It's just whoever reached out first was the. Mm-hmm. At that point, but prior to, I mean, I didn't. I told you we went through that, and you know, I was told like, if you have PTSD, you should go see a therapist. And what was my response? Fucking fine, leave me alone. Yeah. We're talking about it. I don't want to talk about this. And then it was times that, I mean, I would say, I'm fine. I don't want to talk about this. And I'd tell the lady friend, like, go ahead and talk if you want to talk. Well, at that point, that's not helping her open up either. She's not going to open up about it, right? Because I'm saying, I'm fine. So what is that person's thought now? Well, if he's fine, then I have to be fine. So. Oh, I now uh, that you bring that up, actually, I wanted to. Um, that's a great segue into the question I got in my DMs for you, and the uh, question is from Dave, and he wanted to ask um, how, in a relationship, how do you discuss your trauma, or do you discuss it? Well, unfortunately for me, I didn't discuss it at that point, but. I think it's like starting. I think what he means is like if you're starting a new relationship, do you and right. will you just oh. if you're starting a new one, will you bring it up? Will you talk about yeah, I think it? it's something that, that if you're gonna have a relationship, it's communication again, like anything else. So I would say if I'm ever in a relationship again, like I think that would be something that would be discussed is just communication so they understand because like sometimes you're not going to have perfect days and you might get. You start dating somebody and that person might just not get it or want to get it and you got to decide on your own like is this can i be with somebody that doesn't understand my trauma or doesn't want to yeah there'll be a lot of people that don't understand it because like you said like you you're empathetic but you don't you've never went through it so they might not understand it but you need to make sure that they're willing to try to be sympathetic with it and help you work through those days those dark days when you do have them or understanding that you know not every day is perfect for me so I think you definitely have to bring that up because that's going to put so much stress on a relationship if you keep trying to hide it because then one day you're going to be fine and then you know weeks of everything so continue what we're saying this is our first time this is our first attempt at making an hour plus long uh, podcast by the way so thanks for sticking with us but the question just to reiterate was Dave asked if and when Tony would Tony bring up his struggle with PTSD and starting a new relationship and Tony you know gave you a little bit but when do you do it though like is there a time limit is it do you on your do you, are you two months in you say hey I had a little bit of a touch of you know going through these dark times obviously you're gonna they're gonna know about you getting shot I mean you can't hide it if you, no. especially if you're going to like a I, I don't, swimming I don't know or something. that we have a... I don't know if there's a time limit. I mean... But like, when do you think it's a good... Do you think you should get it out early I in think, the relationship? I don't or? know that your first time talking, you should, maybe. But, like, maybe after a couple of times talking, you get to know the person. You don't want that person committing to a relationship until they know that you're not going to have perfect days. And you just need them to know that. Pretty early on, I'd say. I mean, I don't know, after a couple dates or a couple conversations, whatever. But you think it's good to get it out I think early? I have to. I it, absolutely have to because I, I can't speak on how my relationship went at the time, but I'm sure that the lady friend at times was thinking, what did I do wrong? Why is he not, why is he pushing me away? Why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? 
but it wasn't anything to do with that person. So if you're going to date somebody new, that's probably what they're thinking. Like, well, now why the last two days he doesn't want to talk to me or doesn't yeah. want to hang out. And all of a sudden, you know, the last month's been great. Well, it has nothing to do with that person. And they need to understand that, like, this isn't about you right now. This, this, this bad day is going to happen. And it's not you at all. It has nothing to do with you. And the longer that goes on, I mean, if you're in a relationship long term already, like I kind of was, you're this other person I'm assuming sitting there thinking like why is he doing this to me why uh, what did I do wrong and they're beating themselves up you don't want that that's how, how that's not going to help with the relationship obviously and that's why you see so many divorces and breakups probably after. because people aren't dealing with their trauma in a in a collective so, yeah. way so I think that yeah you pretty much answered I would assume if you're getting into a new relationship that this is such a big part of you yeah, I mean, that it's, you there. Have it's to, not something you yeah. just turn on or off. It yeah. comes and goes when it wants. And even though that you're, you're, you know, and we we hate saying you'll see on this, because uh, Sweet and Sour Chris will, is a reoccurring guest now, by the way. But <laughs> he'll you'll see that we get feedback saying that people don't like when we say that he's okay now. But he's okay now. Well, he's still dealing with it. Yeah. But he's definitely, and you could see this for yourself because we've known him this long. He's definitely in a way better place. Yeah, I mean, that brings up a good point, too, that, that I wanted to ask you, Tony. Like, do you still talk to your therapist? Or, like, is there still times when you think maybe you should if you don't? Like, are you going to continue to see her? Or That's do you still question. have dark times now that are bad? Or is it just sort of... Uh, well, I do talk to her some, and it's more of a just random text or a phone call. Well, it's like more of a peer thing is yes, what I see. Like, point. She, you help her talk to people and... Yeah, I do things like that. Um, do I think I should go at least, you know, a couple of times a year? I do think so. I have slacked at that, but I think having this this podcast and we're doing it weekly. Yeah. Doing a social media, talking at different programs I talk to, I think I've replaced that for my therapy for the most part. But I do think I I, I mean, I agree that you should go at least a couple of times a year and eat, no matter what in this field or I think people in general should probably go at least once a year. Well, that leads us to our next thing. Me and Jiu-Jitsu Jake agreed to do an on-air um, therapy, therapy sessions. We've never been to therapy. It's never even crossed my fucking mind. And I feel like people would want that were apprehensive about doing it. Because for me, if I had some, I'd be apprehensive about going. Mm-hmm. Because and I'd be like the dude who doesn't who's like kind of guarded at first before I knew about all this. Now I'm like an open fucking book. I feel like I would almost be the person that like I'm reversing it on them to see like yeah like uh, you'd see, be trying to see, see how yeah. good they are like, exactly yeah and I'd be playing games stuff <laughs> like that. But like now since I'm in this, we want to show people that it's okay to see a therapist. So Jujitsu Jake and I are going me are gonna hopefully do a little bit of a you know I'll pay the fucking hour I don't give a shit and come and, and talk about and obviously you're not going to get any any shocking answers or anything in there not for one second but like for two people who think they're well adjusted because me and him believe that we're we don't have real any real trauma or uh, you know we don't, I just said I don't have any emotional days or things like that I think that it's important to show people that even if you feel like you're okay and you feel like there's nothing going on to talk to a therapist and let's fucking see if there's yeah. something. Hey, I do. I mean, 
you lost your dad, so like, yeah. how did that impress you? I mean, so I've like, never talked to you about that. And like, I don't never even yeah, talk I about it. I think I texted you and said sorry for your loss. Yeah, she like, did. Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard you talk about and it. And I never talk about it. And, and I'm like, right. well, so then I'm, I, I'd like to ask her, like, why is it that I never even right. revisit that? And then, like, when he did die, so then I, I, I remember when he did, and I, and I, I remember telling people, like, look, he didn't take care of himself, and then I, like, rationalized it. Yeah. So I'm like, he, he didn't take care of himself, he was a sicker dude, he drank, and he didn't have a great liver, and all that kind of stuff, and when you, so, like, I basically... You suppressed it, then. You basically made it seem like it was normal. And, like, and that like, it was okay. That it was normal and that it was okay that this happened and, like, made everybody else feel less bad about it. Because, look, he was a sick dude. Yeah. And that's probably what I was doing subconsciously by trying to help everybody. And then we need a fucking therapist to see if that's right. Yeah. No, that'd be a You know what I mean? I don't know. a therapist about to see, like, yeah. why you dealt with it that why, way. Why do you deal with it yeah. like that? Why do people deal with death different ways than other people? Jake, there's a lot of... Things. Well, Jake meditates. He does he's fucking a lot of yoga. That maybe he didn't indirectly realize why he does it, but he's doing stuff that whatever. I mean, well, he's interested. Yeah. Well, he's on a journey of enlightenment, bro. Like he wants to. <laughs> this dude is. He's one on of, a different level. Yeah, he's like yeah. trying to really <laughs> find like the purpose of life type shit. So he would be a great person to do that too, because he he. He's one of the most, I, 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 like, he, he went and there was, like, a troubled kid. He's going to hate me saying this, but there was some kind of, like, troubled kid the other day. And he, like, heard through, by kid, I mean 19. That's a fucking kid to me. He uh, heard this kid was having, like, a little bit of a trouble with, like, himself and, like, could go either way. He could be a good kid or he could be, like, a whatever. So he hears this third party. Somehow gets in contact with this dude, starts taking him to fucking jujitsu, starts, you know, picking him up, and, you know, Jake does all that shit. He makes his kids donate a toy every now and again to take one of their toys that they play with and take it to a homeless shelter, and, you know, he's a humanitarian. He's in all that kind of shit. He's trying to figure out, not, I'm not judging any of that, you're, that's great. That he, but he's on a different. But I don't even fucking think about that. I don't even think about that. Yeah, we do that too. Yeah, we donate on Christmas and shit. But like, this is a fucking Tuesday in September. He doesn't give a shit. But I don't even think like that. Like I don't even think of society as a whole like he does. He's like on some trying to improve the human race. Well, that kind of goes back to our upbringing too. We've always been in just our our zone here in Western yeah. PA, and that's all that really exists. For You're us. my people, and that's yeah, it. Like right. we take care of him, yeah. and but he he's on some whole, you know, save everybody, and he he's a, and that comes from his parents. His parents like that. His parents took in, uh, main man. We won't say his name yet, but they did not have to do that. They mm-hmm. b- basically adopted a eighteen year old inner city youth yeah. that had a laundry list of issues because they saw potential in that kid, which he technically had. Mm-hmm. He was not a dumb kid. He was a smart dude. He was an athlete. He was this and that. And they opened their house to him, yeah. which I don't even know if I'm built to do. <laughs> I, I can't. I'll and I work it. with like, those kind of kids. And yeah. I don't know if I'd be like, yeah, come in with my family. and right. Yeah. I don't even necessarily like when someone knocks on my door. And that's right. Go <laughs> I don't, I'm not expecting anyone. But that's what I mean. So like for them, and so they definitely planted that seed in him because... You know, to be able to do he he does that 
all day long. Yeah. I mean, that, that he donates time. He donates whatever he has. He's that kind of dude. So for him to then be shrunk, we, I'd like to see that too. I'd like to see, you know, what she thinks about that and what she thinks about all this. And I know that by having these, again, by just starting the conversation about therapy, which we did 10 weeks ago or whatever, somebody had the, that was on the fence about it had to take advantage of that and go see mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I would think. I'd like to think, you know, I mean, we get a lot of messages as people are definitely listening, paying attention, doing some of the stuff we talk about and being more open about it. I see people posting stuff that, if you look back, they weren't posting before. So, like, they're listening, they're opening up and realizing, like, all right, let's get rid of this stigma, you know. Some of these people have been doing that for... Yeah, breaking 30, 40 years holding it in, accepting it. Some of the people we see on our page and whatnot. So, like, to finally break it now, is it better to break it now than never? Yeah. And, I, and, and there's no age limit on when you start. No, that's another thing. Him. And I, I just think you have to be, because most people are like, like I said, like me and uh, Sweet and Sour Chris, you, you, you go to work, you take, you, you come back, you take care of your family, you, Get them nice stuff. You buy them nice houses. You help your neighbors. You go about your business. It's mm-hmm. like a it's like a routine every single day. You visit your parents. You they visit you. It's just a constant like <clears throat> just ordinary time. So to come outside of that, which mm-hmm. this that's what this is is. It's definitely outside of it. You know, I think that more people need to do that and by hearing us. Because you get trapped in that. Yeah. You get trapped in that cycle of just... And you see, and you hear people after so many years of it, they're just like, they stop and they're like, what am I doing? What am I doing? What have I done for the last 20 years? Yeah. So... And I think when you get wrapped up in life, it's easy to do that, yeah. And then you miss, you know, signs from a friend or a family member or, you know, I, I know somebody that their family member just committed suicide. And in talking to that person, you know, they're like, I, 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 I just didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. Like, I, I, I didn't know. And then I'm thinking, you know, I don't know the ex- exact story, but I'm sure at some point that there was some, There's some they I mean, tipped their cards a little bit. Right. I think that we're so used to seeing people post something about taking their life. Yeah. And I'm, I don't know the studies behind it. I'm just going based off people I've met in, in my profession is that most people that do take their own life, you're not seeing it on Facebook. You're not seeing it on social media. They're not no. talking about it. But if you go back and look, I'm sure there's some little signs along the way. It could be a sunset picture. It could be, yeah, it could uh, be maybe, I don't know, anything. Them not answering their phone for a week. It could be... You know, a dude that's normally clean cut, shaved, showing up with a fucking five o'clock shadow. Yeah, I've heard it many times on my job of, I had no clue. And this is coming from a wife or a kid. Yeah, they had well, no and to that point, that's why you got to reach out to people. You have to. I mean, just to check in. It doesn't matter. Like, I felt like I was being a pain in the ass to you when I would check in with you almost on a daily basis mm-hmm. after all this, like, came out with you. But... I didn't really care either if it was starting to bother you because... Because you can't care. Right. All that mattered to me was that you're not going into a dark hole that you're not going to get out of. So, 
And I think people have to do more of that, not caring if it gets... I mean, there's a certain level, I guess, but a lot of those people you get in that hole, and I talked about it, is when you're in that dark hole, like, you feel like you have nobody. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when you do have a couple people, or one person maybe is enough to reach out, that might be just enough to make you think, okay, why well, he's there, or she's there, or whatever, because that loneliness exists. Like, it's there. Like, you might not... We've talked about it. I had a room full of people, and I felt as alone as you could be. Mm-hmm. So... Oh. You need to reach out. You need to. You have to. At least let people know. You don't have to. You, these people you reach out to may not want to talk to you in depth, and that's fine. But those people are the same people that want to see that people care. Because a lot of times when they're going to that dark hole, I mean, I went to the dark hole, and, I, and a lot of my question was more like, can I even battle this anymore? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't maybe that, but it's everything combined that you're just like, you do, you think, like, am I gonna, is today the day I'm going to end it because I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to fight this darkness anymore. And I did it. I fought it many different times. And I, whatever reason, maybe it was somebody texted me that day and just checked in. Or maybe it was something I read or something I did that day that made me, maybe that was the difference. I don't, well, we don't know. We'll never know. But it didn't happen. So at least we went that route. But two, a lot of times you are you feel so alone and I, maybe that text but that's what I always say like reach out to your friend that text that simple text message that says hey how are you doing today you want to meet up or are you good you anything like that might be the difference that to keep that person from taking their life that day and then there's many stories I've talked to multiple people and I, I won't get the names but somebody I know who went through a lot of trauma on this not this job per se but on as a cop had a, they were ex-military and a police officer, and had a, their gun sitting by them, and I said, they got a random text from somebody they were deployed with, and said, hey, I just want to check in on you, like, and that I've been it. going through some stuff lately, to see, and I stopped it, that was enough that they started talking, and that was it, I mean, that was the big difference, and the timing of that text, is it fate, is it whatever, you know, you don't know when you're sending that text, is it, is this the time that's going to be the difference in the text? Well, I think we should leave right there. That's a good way to end. Um, Please reach out to us. Reach out to each other. Make sure that you're checking in on people, even if you feel like you're being annoying or you're feeling like it's like weird. Um, Make sure that you drink Blue Line coffee and you visit uh, Reps for Vets. And um, what's your Redcon password? T20 badge. T20 badge at Redcon 1 for uh, you get 20% off. Um, Reps for Vet would be the Spark 10 that'll give you 10% off there oh Spark 10 and Reps for Vets you get 10% off there both great companies um, I also do give back to the mental health and the military yeah they both donate to PTSD and stuff like that and for soldiers coffee is involved with a lot they give a lot back to to the, the police yeah, please. So, um, badge Tony O two. Yeah, please make him go through these. Cause yeah, this is one of my favorite parts when he can't remember his own yeah, social media. Yeah, and they're like not the same. Yeah, Even, like bro, make <laughs> them all the fucking same. <laughs> what do you want? Behind the badge zero zero two for Instagram, badge Tony for Facebook, and then the the demons. Within. The Demons Within is the group. If you're having trouble rating and firstly rate and firstly it's not a word, but first. Rate and review on iTunes, the purple icon on your iPhone. Leave us a review. 
um, let us know if you have a question, anything like that. We're on um, Spotify, easy to find the spark. There's a hundred thousand ways to listen to podcasts. Um, if you need help getting directed to an easier one or a way to download or review, message Tony or me, and I will be able to direct you to that. We want to thank Sweet Sour Chris, obviously. We want to thank Tone and anybody that's listening. Um, give us some questions for next week. And I think we're, we're going to do Brandy next week. You can come up to that, dude. I'll see what's going on. You got to come up there. She, uh, she is fucking, what did she have there? Turkey? She has a Clydesdale. Oh, she has all kind of wild, dude, it's a zoo. <laughs> uh, I keep saying that I'm going to bring my kids. I 100% have to. Like, they, she, is, she has chickens and one laid an egg and it fell out of the sky. And like, it's wild, dude. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that's about it. Um, this will go out. Please root for the Steelers to win by at least seven. And uh, we'll see you next week. I think. You think what? I would say I'm just closing. Yeah. You know, I just think today, just remind yourselves, like they said already, reach out and you can see how this trauma, the person that goes through trauma is not the only one affected by this. It's the people that are in your close in your life are going to be affected also. So hopefully everybody took that from that and they understand it's not just that individual person that's struggling okay sounds good you got any, you got any closing nice. topics i'm gonna put you on the spot like i did jujitsu jake yeah, man, I, give me a song bro oh, i knew G- you were gonna do give this. me a song yeah. that makes you put you in a good place one by metallica one by metallica straight up there you go sweet and sour chris coming with the metal i'll see you next week go Steelers, and please check on each other later